Welcome to the Ordinary Pastor Podcast. My name is John Payne. I'm here with my friend Jeff Perswell. We serve as pastors, Jeff in Louisville, Kentucky, and me in Austin, Texas. We also serve together on the Sovereign Grace Leadership Team. And this podcast is designed to serve our dear friends, the pastors of Sovereign Grace Churches. And today, of the truly countless topics I could talk to you about, Jeff, I I wanted to talk to you about the topic of the evangelist, uh, referenced a few times in the New Testament. But I was talking with uh, our mutual friend, Jim Donahue, about that topic and how it can it can be maybe a confusing one for churches, for pastors to understand what that role is, what it is meant to be, how churches should uh, think about it. And, and yet all of us want our churches to grow in evangelism. We want to be faithful to the pastoral call. So I thought, man, there's nobody I'd rather, honestly, nobody I'd rather uh, speak into this category than you. That's true of of most things. Uh, so just grateful for your voice to speak into it. So thanks for joining me, first of all, today. Thanks for being here on this podcast with me. Sure. An honor to be here, John, and honor to try to serve our pastors if, if we can do that. Amen. Well, let me just launch us uh, from 2 Timothy 4-5, uh, you know, Paul, Paul's exhortation to Timothy, many of parts of which I think we feel more familiar with. Uh, but this phrase, do the work of an evangelist, could, could we just kind of zero in on that one? And maybe you'd be willing to just explain what what is Paul, do you think, what is Paul meaning to say to Timothy? How, what is his intention for Timothy's, Timothy's practice in following that exhortation? And, and how would you frame that for a, a modern day uh, pastor in trying to respond to, to what Paul is saying? Yes, well, obviously, a, a great question, and it, it it gets to it it gets to what Paul means by that by that word and how that word is used because it's the same word that we find in Ephesians four uh, eleven well known verses to us, and so you know it, it really gets into some kind of complex territory um, in terms of. Is it the same role that Paul's referring to? And how does that apply to Timothy there in Ephesus uh, and so forth? So is it okay if I just sort of talk about the word a bit? Yeah, that'd be great. Um, I think that might be some helpful ground to to lay down. Uh, It is complicated because the word, partly because the word evangelist is so rare. Um, It's only used three times in the New Testament, hardly ever in secular Greek, if ever. Um, and it's, it's not used in Christian literature uh, after the New Testament for, for about a century later. Um, and so when we get to this question, I think it's always we have to be careful not to overly specify just what an evangelist was and have a real hard and fast and uh, category for it that we sort of you know, can fit into. Um, but I do think we can trace the contours of the word and, and, and its significance. The word itself, obviously, uh, is tied to uh, euangelion, tied to gospel. So, I mean, simply the word just means one who proclaims the gospel. Uh, or, as the translations have it, really transliterating, evangelist. But the way the term is used and the context in which it's found, I think, gives us more insight. Um, I alluded to Ephesians 4, and that's really... I'm sort of changing your question a little bit, but that's really where the main questions are. 
Hmm. Uh, because you can find, you know, all sorts of interpretations of Ephesians 4 uh, and the gifts listed there. Um, but there's a few things that, that seem clear. First, um, the, before we get back to Timothy, first, the, the evangelist is a gift, hmm. right? Like the other people listed in Ephesians 4.11, the risen Christ gives gifts to his church. And in this list, the gifts are people, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. Uh, and they're, of course, given for a purpose, which this follows, you know, in verse 12 to uh, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ. So, I mean, if you start with that, you can see a few things. From, from the word itself, the evangelist is one who, I think we could put it this way, one who effectively shares the gospel, uh, both publicly and privately. Uh, and that's, you know, that's just bound up with the word itself as well as uh, other biblical context. Uh, one of those uses, well, I guess the other use, we mentioned, you mentioned 2 Timothy 4, um, Ephesians 4.11. The other use of the word is actually in Acts 21, where mm-hmm. Philip, who's one of the seven, you know, proto-deacons in Acts 6, is called Philip the Evangelist. And Philip's a, just a great figure. Uh, he comes by that name, honestly. In, in We see, obviously, in Acts 8, we see him preaching the gospel in Samaria. Later in Acts 8, he shares uh, the gospel with the Ethiopian eunuch, but he does it in a different place. That's between, he's between Jerusalem and Gaza, which mm-hmm. is sort of the southwestern plains of Israel. Then the end of Acts 8, we see him preaching the gospel, that's the phrase that's used, to all the cities until he comes to, until he came to Caesarea, which is, you know, northwestern coast of Israel. So one chapter, we see this guy preaching the gospel in the Midlands, basically, Samaria, and in southwestern Israel, northwestern Israel. So he covers half the country in one chapter, which is remarkable. So whatever Mm -hmm. else we say about evangelistic, clearly includes proclaiming the gospel. Mm -hmm. But back to Ephesians 4, which gets us circle around to to your question about Timothy. Um, I think a few things we can say about the gift. Uh, This is a ministry. So it's someone who's proclaiming the gospel effectively, privately, publicly. It's also a ministry that's recognized and accepted and authorized by the church. Uh, again, those gifts are given to the church to equip the church. So the title is not given to just anyone who happens to share the gospel, which is what we're all called to do. Uh, perhaps we can talk about that, uh, mm-hmm. you know, in a few minutes. But uh, the the only two people who are given this title in the New Testament, explicitly uh, or implicitly, Philip and Timothy, they're clearly set apart for the ministry of the church. So it seems to be a clearly recognized ministry. Uh, with an element of, of permanency to it. Um, another thing I'd mentioned from Ephesians 4 is that the evangelists, uh, like the other people mentioned, are given to the church to equip the saints, which mm. means he's to function not only to proclaim the gospel externally, like we see Philip doing, but also internally. Uh, in other words, in, in some way, so as to equip the church for its work of ministry. Uh, I, I think in the past, you know, in Sovereign Grace, we've used this term, I've heard this term used, equipping evangelist. Uh, it's not a term we see in Scripture or even described, but it does seem to me to be a reasonable inference from Ephesians 4. Mm. Um, so, okay, back to your original question. 
uh, about Timothy in uh, 2 Timothy 4. Uh, what, what is he being called to do there? Well, I think uh, you got to remember Ephesians, I'm sorry, 2 Timothy 4, verse 5. That's, if I'm not mistaken, I should get the text out in front of me. It's the very last thing Paul tells him to do uh, mm-hmm. before Paul turns to his own thing. So among all that Timothy is called to do, uh, which includes appointing elders, especially teaching, uh, raising up new leaders, 2 Timothy 2.2, uh, preaching the word in season and out. With, with all of that, he's also called to do the work of an evangelist, which I think fits well with what we just said. He, he's clearly caring for this church. He's preaching and teaching. So he's embedded in Ephesus, but he's also to be about the work of an evangelist. In other words, he's to be proclaiming the gospel in the church as part of his preaching and teaching ministry, Uh, both, I think, to encourage believers uh, in the church with the gospel and with the gospel's entailments and to evangelize non-believers. So uh, I don't think Paul is telling Timothy to leave Ephesus and uh, evangelize uh, surrounding environs, uh, Timothy is to do the work of an evangelist there, which is proclaiming the gospel, making sure he's proclaiming the gospel there in the church to believers and to non-believers uh, alike. Excellent. Does very helpful. Sort of yeah, very, very helpful. Question? Let me ask some follow-ups then. So maybe if you if you were to distinguish, uh, to kind of press a little bit more on your point about the equipping evangelist as a gift that the Lord gives to the church in a person in what ways would, would that kind of an evangelist be different, say, from a pastor? How would you distinguish those roles, or how would you comment on distinguishing those roles in the life of the church? Yes. Well, another question that Scripture doesn't tease out all the details of, but I, again, I think there's a few things we can infer. Scripture certainly envisions evangelists in close connection to the local church. So as we said a moment ago in Ephesians 4, they're to equip the saints. Uh, There's Timothy doing the work of an evangelist, but he's pastoring the church in Ephesus. I mean, whether he's an elder or not, um, he's he's Paul's delegate there. But nonetheless, he's functioning in that that kind of way. Um, And, you know, in Timothy's charge, I I, I think we've got to remember the context. His charge to do the work of an evangelist comes in close connection to his charge you know, four verses earlier to preach the word. So in, in Ephesians 4.11, type evangelist seems closely related to the role of a pastor uh, in that he's connected to the church. He's equipping the church. He's, he's certainly involved in a, in a word-based ministry, if we can put it that way. So I think many pastors serving churches may well be gifted to function as evangelists in this sense. Uh, scripture doesn't say this, but in 2 Timothy 1, the same letter, chapter 1, Paul tells Timothy, uh, our guys will remember this, he tells Timothy to fan the, into flame the gift of God which is in him through the laying on of hands. Uh, at least one commentator I'm aware of identifies that gift as being an evangelist, a calling he's to fulfill uh, even as he functions as Paul's delegate in, in Ephesus. So, um, mm-hmm. and, and I think there's there's perhaps merit to that, Um, but be that as it may, in in many cases, I think a man uh, might function as a pastor, even as he's also gifted 
and functioning in his church and, and beyond as an evangelist. And, uh, you know, we mentioned, you mentioned Jim at the outset, Covenant Fellowship. I, I think he's a great example um, of, of a guy who, who is a pastor. He is an elder, but he's clearly uh, an evangelist and he evangelizes and he equips others at evangelism and he creates structures to help train people in evangelism, etc. So, um, so I, I think in many cases it's, it, it could be uh, v- very closely related. Now, when we see, we look at Philip in Acts 8, he's clearly on the road. He's not embedded in the church, uh, although by Acts 21 he is. He's, he's living at Caesarea. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, we have to be careful with Acts 8 because that's not just evangelism as normal. Uh, right. Philip's ministry in Acts 8 has salvation historical significance. As right. the gospel penetrates the Samaritan world uh, for the first time, uh, such, such, such a breach uh, was that, that it necessitated the involvement of Peter and John to go down to check it out. Right. Um, but it is extra local. And that picture gets filled out, I think, by others not called evangelists, but engaged in ministry to new locations, what we would call church planting. Uh, when, when you look at Paul's co-workers, uh, he has you know a number of different names for them. He never calls them evangelists, but they're clearly doing evangelism, uh, the, the fruit of which is church planting. Uh, you know, one of my favorite examples there is, is Epaphras uh, in Colossians 1. He planted the church in Colossae, uh, apparently planted churches in Hierapolis and Laodicea as well. So he's an active church planter in uh, in Asia Minor, what would be, I suppose, southwest Phrygia, the, the Lycos Valley. Seems to qualify as an evangelist planting churches. Uh, so ag- again, to your question, uh, the, the similarity and differences of the role of evangelist and pastor, there, there seem to be clear similarities in the man who is an evangelist and pastor. Um, in other words, there's, uh, their ministries are both recognized and authorized by the church. They both function to equip the church. Uh, they both constitute a, a ministry of the word, if you will. Uh, but the accent of the ministry of evangelists falls more on the proclamation uh, of the gospel. Um, I, I, think, I think many evangelists may well function as pastors. Uh, their, their evangelistic gifting clearly giving their ministry a particular angle and opening up specific avenues of ministry. Um, and then of course, an evangelist, a guy who, who's called evangelist might engage in pioneering ministry, uh, not mm-hmm. immediately in a local church. So um, I think there'd be a difference in role, but although the goal of that pioneering ministry is clearly to establish a local church. Excellent. Very, very good, very helpful. One one question. So, I mean, when Paul's writing to Timothy, would you assume he's writing to a pastor and he's saying, you ought to do the work. He's not saying you are an evangelist. He's saying you ought to do the work of an evangelist. So that should be included in your pastoral ministry. So would it be reasonable to say that a part of every pastor's job at some level ought to be proclaiming the gospel to believers and unbelievers in various contexts, depending on their gifting? But then separately, we might have an individual who, what would you say about the guy who is not a pastor, say, um, 
in, in any kind of broader sense, but he does have this equipping evangelistic gift. Should that kind of person uh, who is more narrowly an evangelist, not in the general pastoral and also an evangelist kind of way, but he's more narrowly, should that guy be, should he be ordained to that role? If so, what kind of standards would you have for him? Would it just be the same as a pastor? How that guy that's not just a pastor who ought to do the work of an evangelist, but an evangelist proper, so to speak. Yeah. How, how would you define the recognition yeah, of that, that? Well, great question. Great cluster of questions, actually. Um, let me answer your first one first. Um, I, I think the answer is pretty clear. Uh, you know, what is the work of an evangelist that, if I can rephrase it or, or try to capture it, that, that Paul is calling Timothy to do? whether that gift, whether he is an evangelist or, or not. It is interesting in at least two other places. Uh, Philippians 2 is one of them. Um, he, he talks, but I think he uses the same phrase. He, he identifies Timothy as being involved in the service of the gospel. Uh, to Philippians 2, and I forget the other verse. But um, both of those, uh, I think, indicate something about Timothy's call. Uh, both as an extension of Paul's own apostolic calling uh, and, and perhaps uh, perhaps an evangelistic call as well. But again, regardless of what we call Timothy, um, he is clearly to be engaged in that work. In other words, he is to be intentional in sharing the gospel, intentional in sharing the gospel internally to his church and externally to nonbelievers. Um, might have been central to his calling and equipping by the Spirit, uh, we don't know that, but regardless of what it is, I do believe the instructions given to Timothy in to Timothy for, uh, apply more broadly to all pastors. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, that's exactly what Timothy's commanded to do in chapter two of that letter to replenish his own leadership by entrusting what he's heard to faithful men who will in turn be able to teach others also. So the commands given to Timothy there, I think, do apply to all pastors. I think every pastor is to be about uh, sharing the gospel intentionally uh, mm -hmm. to his church, to nonbelievers in his own personal life, and to nonbelievers in the context of the church. So uh, that, I think, is, is inescapable and a joyful, a joyful call for, for all of us. Um, now, the, your, your second part of your cluster there was about, uh, you know, a person who, uh, who, who may be zealous in, in calling, in, in proclaiming the gospel, maybe effective in proclaiming the gospel. How, how do we think about that kind of person? Um, let me make one, one other distinction. All of us, every Christian is called to bear witness to Christ in our lives. I think we'd all agree uh, with that. You know, we are to be ready to give a reason for the hope that is within us, uh, mm -hmm. as Peter tells us. Uh, Colossians 1 pictures, you know, the gospel ringing out from the lives uh, uh, of the people at Colossae. Um, uh, Ephesians 6, it's having a readiness to proclaim the gospel of peace, which I think is what uh, Ephesians 6, verse 15, is it, signifies. Um, and uh, you know, as Peter O'Brien has pointed out, I love what he uh, says. That, you know, that's that's part of the logic of the gospel. There's an it's an outward moving force 
that is expansive and that we are to be sharing with others. So um, I, I think, you know, every Christian is called to bear witness to Christ. Um, but that's different than those who are given to us by God with a particular calling to the church, uh, proclaiming the gospel, equipping the church, possibly establishing churches, represented by that Ephesians 411 evangelist. So yeah. there is a, a specialized calling there, a uh, particular calling, particular gifting by the Spirit. Then there's what every Christian is called to do, uh, no doubt also gifted by the Spirit, but without that particular role authorized by the church. Then there's the person that you mention here, a person who's not a pastor, but zealous in sharing the gospel, fruitful in sharing the gospel. How do we think about uh, someone like that? Um, that's, a, that's a great question. Uh, I, I do think that could be a role, get, given the identification of evangelist in Ephesians 4, I think that could be a, definitely a role that a church recognizes. Um, I do think, though, that the text in Ephesians 4.11 and others suggest some parameters to that. So what would that person, what might that person be like? Well, I, I don't think it's merely a person who's passionate for the gospel. Um, I think, you know, for instance, godly character would be non-negotiable, uh, much like the pastor. I mean, that evangelist, he, you know, it's, it's apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. So it, it's not, it's, it's a, again, a, an authorized role for the church, a gift for, of the risen Christ to the church. So I wouldn't want, I don't think Ephesians 4.11 would uh, lead us to, you know, sort of downgrade that gift uh, to sort of evacuate it of, of other character qualities, gifting qualities. So, yeah. for instance, yeah. godly character, much like a pastor. Um, right. I think even a gift of leadership uh, that's suggested by Ephesians 4. Uh, again, that role, that kind of evangelist is given to equip the saints for the work of ministry. So um, what does that look like? Well, an ability to influence and equip others. Yes. Um, a, an ability to inspire others with a vision for evangelism. Uh, a degree, perhaps a degree of wisdom in thinking through the evangelistic task, mm. uh, perhaps seen in their own creativity and resourcefulness in sharing the gospel. Mm. Um, so I, I think if, if there's that cluster of sort of character and leadership and stature, if, for, for, if I could use that phrase, um, if, if sort of that, that profile of a person who, that, that accompanies a, a discernible passion for sharing the gospel, a boldness in sharing the gospel, evident fruitfulness uh, in their evangelistic witness, um, that's the kind of person I could see saying, all right, this might be a person we would want to identify perhaps as an evangelist, uh, recognize this gift um, as, as, as a real gift to the church. Uh, it, it, that does raise the question of ordination. Um, I, I don't think we'd want to create a category of ordination with all that term implies for someone who functions evangelistically, unless we feel that he's called to be an elder uh, right. as well, even if 
a good bit of his time, maybe the bulk of his time, is evangelistically aimed and targeted. Um, I, 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 I don't, because when, when you begin to speak of ordination, setting someone in, you, you, you start talking, and we won't tease out all these categories, but offices in the church, uh, I think New Testament seems pretty clear there are, there are two elders and deacons. Um, and so I, I'd, I'd want to be careful with that ordination category. But I think yes. recognizing a person like this with a particular stature and leadership gifting and so forth, I mean, they may well, we may well see them as elders with a particular uh, thrust of their ministry for evangelism and equipping others in evangelism. And in yes. that sense, I think that's someone we'd, we'd want to uh, recognize and, uh, and perhaps even ordain if we feel they're called to be a pastor. It's certainly someone we want to pray for. Um, mm-hmm. If I'm planning a church, it's certainly I want a person like that yes. uh, to go with me, uh, regardless if uh, you know how far along they are in terms of being recognized by the church and so forth. Um, I, I just reflect on our history a bit. You know, we we have been uh, we have a rich history, and we have been blessed uh, in. Um, you know, it, with the pastoral calling and understanding of caring for the people of God, of being shepherds of the people of God. I think we have excelled there. I think we've been rich in that, rich in understanding of that. Uh, boy, I certainly pray. I know we would all have a burden for this, that down the road, uh, may we be as aggressive and intentional about evangelism uh, as we are personal care. I know that would be the heart of all of our pastors. But may the Lord give us more guys like we're talking about now. Excellent, Jeff. Hey, thank you so much uh, for all of that content. I think that's going to serve our pastors. And may the Lord give us, whether they be evangelists that are not pastors or evangelists who are also elders or mm-hmm. Christians who are just particularly zealous in evangelism, may the Lord do this in, in, in and among Sovereign Grace churches. We just would love to see the Lord continue to move forward in this area in our churches. So thank you for that. I'm going to close this there because we're beyond our time, but thank you for joining me. Just grateful to have you on today. John, a, a real joy. And I join you in saying, may the Lord give us more evangelists. I, I love that scripture creates the category for us. I think it's a category we can neglect, but uh, we don't want to neglect it. And uh, we want to pray that God would give us many more. So thanks for setting this up and uh, it's a real joy to be on with you. Thanks so much. Great. Well, if you're a Son Grace Pastor, just know that we love you, we are grateful for you, and we are honored to be partnered with you, and we'll talk to you next time.